0: Happy Sunday! You made it in the room, woo! For some of us, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're so glad that you guys are here. Um, thank you guys for being a part of a, a, such a special moment. I think dedications and baptisms—they are—they are, they are a really big deal in, in our faith. They're a few of the moments that we can publicly declare that He's really alive and well in us, that we're really committed to this thing. And so, I, I just think it's a—it's a wonderful um, experience to be around. I remember when, um, we did dedications at my home church, my pastor would say, you're committing to keeping this family accountable. You're committing to making sure that they live out what they said they were going to do. So now you have a whole family in Western New York who's going to make sure Brave goes to Sunday school. (laughs) Um, no, but it, it is a really awesome and special opportunity. Thank you for having us be a part. Like Billy said, I have some family here My dad's here. He thinks he's not on the Dream Team, but he watches Addy on Sunday sometimes, so I tell him he's on the Dream Team. Right, Dad? Yeah, he's shaking his head at me. But he can't ground me anymore. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Yeah, we are really excited that everybody has made it in the room this morning. I'm going to jump right in. Is that okay with you guys? We're going to shift gears uh, here for a second. We are actually in the second week of a series called Facehook. Can you say Facehook? Can you say it again? Facebook. This series is all centered around um, a story in the chapter of chapter nine of the book of Luke and I want to read to you the scripture that uh, Pastor Billy referenced last week and it it really did because I when Billy brought this idea to me I'm like where are you going to find in the Bible social media? Well let me tell you God does really think of everything so watch let's see how he does this thing okay. I'm going to read to you Luke chapter nine. In verse 51, it says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, speaking of Jesus, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, proposing the idea that he could have set his face anywhere else. His focus could have been on many other things, but it was on the end result. The goal was for him to be taken up and fulfill the prophecy as the Messiah. And, And in that time, he could have set his mind on so many other things, but he set his mind on the place that would actually conclude his time on earth. How many of us are actually setting our minds on getting out of here not very many of us if anything we're all trying to slow down time figure out time do all of that stuff and this really brings and poses the idea that we could have our eyes on other things we could set our minds on lots of different things and in today's time we have to be mature enough to acknowledge that social media is awaiting to get its eyes our eyes drawn to it instead of him now this is a challenging thought. This, some of us, you know, some of y'all in the room may be social media users. Some of you may not. If you are not, guess what? You're, you can't get out of this one because there's something hooking all of our faces. There's something getting all of our attention. And, and the question today, you can insert that. I'm going to talk on social media, but insert whatever that might be for you today. That might be some sort of dysfunctional relationship. That might be a chasing of a career. That might be these meaningless, empty searches and chases. Whatever that might be to you today, I challenge and I ask this week that the Holy Spirit would reveal to each of you whatever that hook is. Can we pray this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. God, I just ask that you would speak through me, but these wouldn't be the words of a girl from California on a stage in Fredonia. That these would be the words from the throne room that you want delivered to your people at an urgent time, at a moment where time is running and you have a word to deliver. Father, would they be recipients? Would we sow seeds into tender soil? Father, that you would water them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, this is week number two. Thank you, Sam, for making me sound holy. (laughs) We are in week number two of a series called Facehook. Uh, and again, this is just really drawing on the IT idea that something is getting our attention. And I don't know if you've been there before where you are scrolling on social media and you look down and you look up and it's been 30 minutes. Anybody ever been there? Okay. I'm going to do a quick survey really quick. Is that okay with you? We're going to talk to each other today, just just so you know. I'm a talker. I was given the gift of gab, you know, so I'll be here all day. Um, I want to do a survey. So if you use social media at all, whether it's once a month on your computer or you have it on your phone and you're on it multiple times a day, will you wave at me? Any form of social media? Anybody? Yes? Great. Okay. Now put your hands down. If you don't use any social media at all, would you lift your hand? Wow. The saints are in the room, friends. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I think it's awesome. Like I said, you're not out of this one because there's something for us all, right, in some way or another. Um, Now, I want to go a little bit deeper in this survey. If you are a Instagram or Twitter, or formerly known as Twitter, X user, will you raise your hand? If you use Instagram or Twitter, okay, cool. If you use TikTok or you scroll on YouTube Reels or Shorts or whatever they're called, will you wave at me? TikTok users, okay. Are you ready for the big one? If you use Facebook, wow, and the wave of heaven fell. (laughs) Just kidding. So we have a lot of Facebook users. I noticed that. That was one of the things I noticed when I moved here is, everybody's on Facebook. I've always been a Facebook user. Billy stopped using it. He said it was for old people. And I was like, well, count me in, buddy, because I'm one of them. But it is true. We all tend to scroll and have some sort of usage, whether you are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, X, or Tubi, or Netflix, or you use some sort of screen, there is something grabbing our attention. Now, what I want to pose to you today is the idea that When we open our social media apps or you open some form of entertainment in any sphere of life, there is something feeding us. Now, the question is not if you are being fed. The question is what is feeding you? Because we're all eating, we're all consuming something at some point in our day, but I just wonder what it is. Now, Paul, he's writing to the Romans right now here in chapter 8, verse 5, and he tells them, He says, For those who live according to their flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on things of the Spirit. What Paul is saying is, he's not saying either you use Facebook or Instagram. He's saying that in all things that we do in life, there are two ways to do them in your flesh or in your spirit. There are many times written throughout Scripture that flesh and spirit are at a constant battle, they are always waging war. One always wants to win. He's proposing that idea, and I wanted to bring this to you this week on that thought. Even in our consumption of entertainment and of social media, you will either use it to build yourself up in your spirit, or it will be used to break you down through your flesh. Now, I know this is a challenging thought because some of us maybe have never even sat down and evaluated that social media could have an impact on us, but... I will give you a few examples of that. I I would like to tell you, like I know for me, and I'm going to be pretty vulnerable today on my usage of social media because, you know, it has been a lot, and I will admit that, okay? I'm a big social media user. I think that if it's used the right way, it could be incredible. It can literally help provide for our community, we have, I've seen so many people jump on social media, does anybody have this, does anybody have this? And a person's house is furnished. It could be used to encourage somebody, it can be used to communicate, to stay updated with family that's not around. There's all these great uses, but have you ever gone on social media and you see a news post and it like gets you really worried? You can shake your head yes or no. Yeah, has that been you? Have you ever gotten on social media and seen an announcement of something that you maybe weren't prepared to see and it gets you like sick to your stomach? Yeah? Have you ever jumped on social media and um, you've, you actually were in the middle of like waiting to get a house or something and you get on and you see your neighbor bought a new house and you're like, cool. I don't lie. You know, sometimes bitterness is in there. And so it's feeding you some sort of emotion to output. The question is, is if it's going to exist in our time, in the time that you and I have been placed on the earth, how do we get it to work for us instead of us working for it? I think social media is a great tool. It's a terrible master. Terrible master. It often will uh, feed us things that are artificial. It will feed us things that are quick fixes. And um, I I was thinking about this and chewing on this all week, and I just kept hearing the word feed and feed and feed, and I thought about food. That's just, okay? Anybody else? You're going to leave church today and be hungry. I'm just telling you. Hit up Denny's for the Grand Slam. But I I was thinking about that, and and I I have a love for food. Does anybody else have a love for food? Yeah, anybody? Like, you just love food. Like, not just, and pizza and wings are great here. I won't offend the great state of Buffalo wings, okay? But sometimes that doesn't cut it for me, okay? I like Latino food. I have always loved it. I'm Mexican. That's always been what I ate growing up. But I'm from Southern California, and, and there's a lot of Mexican restaurants everywhere. Like there are Tim Hortons, there are good Mexican food in Southern California. What there isn't a lot of is Puerto Rican food. All the Puerto Ricans said, amen, okay? There is this one dish that I really love. It's called pollo guisado. Anybody ever had pollo guisado? Wave at me if you had the glory. Yo, hallelujah, I feel you in the room, Okay. Now, this meal takes a long time to cook, it's simmered and they make their on, and it's all this stuff in the dish and all of these great things. Now, because it's not around and I can't get it all the time, we had a friend who was making it and I was ready. I worked all day, didn't really get lunch that day, got off, went home, trying to change, trying to get ready. I got home real hungry, I waited a little bit too long, I, you know, I'm walking in the house, I'm running to change my clothes and I look in the kitchen and I see a bag of chips and some salsa and, you know... You guys eat wings and pizza. I eat Mexicans eat salsa and chips like all day, every day. It's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so I just ran by and I grabbed a few and I started getting ready and I kept, you know, changed, did this, did that. Then, you know, the hang- once you start to like give, you know, satisfy that craving a little bit, you kind of go back for more. So that's what I did. I went back for more and I had some. Went back for more and I had some. We finally left the house, went to our friend's house. I sat down. The big old plate of pollo guisado, and I mean big old plate, was right in front of me. And I wasn't hungry anymore. Parents ever tell you this, don't spoil your appetite dinner. Don't spoil your appetite. Anybody ever spoiled their appetite before like a really good meal? Like you're sitting at a Mexican restaurant and they bring the chips and salsa and you just start eating them and eating them and next thing you know, your plate gets there, you have two bites and you're done. Yes? Okay. Can I pose to you the idea that social media is that? That we have a generation wondering why we're not hungry for the word, why we're not hungry for his presence, why we don't, we're not hungry to pray, why sometimes it's an option to go to church. Eh, maybe, maybe not because we've already ruined our appetite. That your feed is literally feeding you. The question is, is what is it feeding you? What a challenging thought for me this week because I'm not preaching at you. I am talking with you. Because I have been someone who just scrolls. They call it now, psychologists call it doom scrolling. You scroll so long until there's nothing left or you get yourself so tired you fall asleep. You ever fall asleep and your phone hits your face? That's how you know you're doom scrolling. You've just been on there too long. It's the last thing you see at night. It's the first thing you see in the morning. And I think that our souls are hungry for something. But again, I want to pose the question, what is feeding you? There are six things that our souls crave. This is, these, are, these have been pulled from an inner healing um, 12-week program that is quite significant. And I want to share with you those six things that our souls, whether you uh, call yourself a Christian or not, as the human body has been made up, as our minds have been wired and created, there are things that our soul craves. One of them is significance. We all crave a deep significance, to be significant to something or someone. We all crave a purpose. We want to know, why the heck am I here? What, it, what am I here for? We all crave understanding. We, some of us, just so deeply want to be understood. You don't even care if you're right or wrong. You just want somebody to understand you. Security, lots of us long for security. Anybody ever been there where you just want something safe? You are so desperate to just know that you are safe where you are. Um, the fifth thing is belonging. So many of us have a desire to belong to something. That's why we join sports leagues. That's why we join clubs. That's why we go to small groups or communities or even in our workplaces. There's this sense of belonging. And the sixth thing that we all crave is love. We all have a desperation to be loved right where we are in the midst of what we are. Now, when we have these cravings in our soul, when we find ourselves hungry, the question is not if God can fulfill them. The question is, will we go to him with our hunger? And I want to propose to you a few types of hunger that we find ourselves with um, on a regular basis in a day or within a week or find ourselves in with a season. And I want to kind of divulge what the Bible says about those kinds of things. The first thing that we find ourselves with is boredom hunger. This is all going to, yep, yep, because everybody gets hungry. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even have to talk about it, but I'm going to. Bored. I could eat. You ever been there? Somebody ask you, you want a snack? You're like, I could eat. Sure, I'll eat. Why not? You're just kind of bored. Like, there's not much else to do. I could eat. I could pray. I could worship. I could go to church. Sure. Because I just have the extra time. I, I have the extra time, but, and, you know, I could eat. I find myself there on a regular basis, not just literally, but figuratively, where I'm like, yeah, sure, I could scroll. You're in a line at the grocery store, and you're like, I could scroll, yeah, sure, why not? I'm bored. Or you are in the drive through line waiting for your coffee, and you're just, I could scroll. There have been times where I, I get in line at the grocery store, and God will tell me, talk to the lady in front of you, and I'm like, I got a notification on my Instagram, so I'm like, oh, let me just check this real quick. And then I, 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 I feed myself, so then the craving for actually being around real people goes away because I've satisfied it with artificial community through my phone. Yep. Or he, I pull my phone out and he tells me, call this person. Or you're thinking of this person, reach out to this person. But I see like a, a, you know a new notification comes down that someone posted a new video, so what do I do? Click that. And then I fed myself something. And then so the craving that I had for community, the craving that I had for purpose or significance gets stifled by the artificial version of it. 1 Corinthians 10 says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. (laughs) All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And you may have heard this idea, but just because you could doesn't mean you should. Just because it's there doesn't mean that it's actually helping you. And I think the gauge for this is when I'm about to go hit that app, is this helpful to me? Is this going to build me up? Or is this going to actually just disassociate me from my real life? Is this going to cause me to not confront whatever's in front of me? What is it that's happening when I'm going to click on these apps? Again, we're not against social media. What I am against, though, is the cravings that you have for the living God being stifled and taken because of artificial things, other people's lives that we attempt to keep up on. Things that we do to numb our minds because we're simply just bored. What, what we're seeing in the, the letter to the Church of Corinth is that it, it, just because it's there don't mean it should be used, right? Just because I got the food in the fridge doesn't mean I should eat it. I'm not even that hungry because I'm going to tell you a story because Billy likes to tell stories about me. I'm going to tell you a story about him. <laughs> Now's my time. No, just kidding. He's a cereal guy. <laughs> like, won't even eat real meals. we Will just have cereal all day. And you want me to tell you what cereal he eats? Special K. (laughs) He ain't even a Frosted Flakes kind of guy. Special K, chocolatey delight. Now, he is so routine that in the morning he'll get up and have a bowl of cereal, which, you know what, have it for breakfast, fine. Then, like, two hours later, he'll have another bowl. And then, like, four hours after that, another bowl. Then we'll sit down and have dinner, like a real meal. And 20 minutes later, this man has the audacity to walk in with the bowl of cereal like I didn't just cook for 3 hours. <laughs> but it was so routine. It's so routine in him. There was a time we're laying down in bed or we're sitting down in bed and he looks at me. He's like, "I'm going to go get some cereal." <laughs> "Okay, Billy." Everybody's asleep, the night is done, the kitchen is closed. We call it kitchen closed. Don't get another dish. It's clean. Don't touch. Went downstairs, got a dish, served himself a bowl, got upstairs, took a bite. He goes, "I'm not even that hungry." It was just like it's just like what he does on a natural basis. Maybe you've built that up out of boredom. You're like, I'm not even, I don't even care. I've already seen this. You ever get to the end of your timeline and you just see, start seeing the same things again? Because you've literally gone to the end of social media. You've searched and searched and you've scrolled and scrolled and there's nothing else to see. Yeah, that, that, that's just because routine and boredom has gotten over you. So some of you, we might deal with that boredom hunger where we just kind of default. You're bored, so you'll, you'll just, sure, why not? I think the second hunger don't start pointing fingers, that we all face is the hangry hunger. You ever been hangry? My husband knows not to let me go past like hour three or four because he's like, we're in danger, sir. Can you hurry up on that that fried chicken sandwich? Because you get hangry. You know what hangry is? Is when you've waited too long. You waited too long to eat. When you knew you were going to get hungry, but you waited too long. So you'll just take whatever you can get. Isn't that social media with our souls? You just, you hungry. You, you're desperate for community. You know you need to be around people. But you've worked yourself up and you've waited so long that you'll just, you'll just let yourself sit and be content with just that scroll. You, you, you're, tired, you're tired of waiting. I think the worst time to go on social media is when you and your soul already feel empty. It's a halt thing. It, it, we use that abbreviation. It's hungry, angry, lonely, tired that's not on there, but you could write that down. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I'm gonna say it again for you saints that are taking notes to get into heaven. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those are times where I have, uh, this week I was really convicted to not go on social media when I was feeling any of those things. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Because I don't know if you've seen this before, but you know, you get, you get so tired of waiting, you get so frustrated within your soul. And then, uh, You get on that social media app, and then there's all these weird feelings that start coming. Either you've been desperate and waiting for affirmation from God, and so you go on social media and you post a picture that maybe isn't exactly edifying to you, but because you're so tired of waiting for affirmation, you'll go get it from anybody that'll type it down underneath your pictures. I've been there before. Yeah. Uh, and, And then there's also those times where you go on social media and your significant other won't listen to you, so you go vent on Timeline. And my dad, my husband, my husband, I've gone on social media and I have been flabbergasted at what is openly put out for everyone to see. Not that you should be ashamed of what you're going through, but I mean, you jump on there because you're searching for a validation. You're just, you're so tired. You're hangry. You're tired of waiting for that person to listen and to hear you. So you go on social media to anybody who will hear you, but then you find yourself around people that are just validating your feelings and not actually there to help you grow. Yeah, there's that. And then and then there's the time I remember we posted on our social media a video and um, got a bunch of people interacting with it, and it was great. And one of my friends, she, she's not a Christian, but she's a marketing manager, and so she sent it to me, and she's like, oh, you guys are doing awesome. There's so much engagement on your content and all this stuff, which is really not what we care about at all. But there's all this stuff, and there's all this. this. She goes, but it is embarrassing to see the Christians arguing in the comments. Oh, ah, my gosh. What if we could be a people that were mature enough to know when we are hangry in our souls to not go on there? To believe that real genuine transformation and life conversations, community building can't happen on an artificial platform where we can present the design sparkly, shiny versions of ourselves. That we need our soul's hunger for belonging with real human beings. that's what our souls are in need of, but we get hangry, and we just get tired of waiting for all this stuff that we just jump on and settle for whatever's around. That was me. I was going to get hangry, and instead of really taking the time to plan out what was coming, I just tossed in my mouth whatever it was. Some of us, we jump on social media, and you're so hangry, you're tired of waiting for that man that God promised you that you'll just be okay with whoever slides into that messenger app. You'll just... Take whatever you can get, whoever tells you you're beautiful on your comments, whoever tells you that you look good in that picture, whoever reposts it, and you find yourself in that messenger, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Some of us, we just are like two or three unfollow, unfriending away from getting on social media and it actually building our lives. There is this challenge, and and in Matthew 26, it says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit knows that it needs significance and purpose and understanding, but your flesh is weak. My flesh was weak. I was hungry, so I went for that jacinto salsa because I was tired of waiting. My flesh was weak. How many times I know me personally, I have struggled with overusage on social media. And I have to determine within myself that I can't go there to grieve. I can't go there to be affirmed. I can't go there to find purpose or significance or love. I can go there to engage and laugh and it's fun, but I have to know when to shut it off. We would be foolish to say that it's not taking from what the actual intention where our eyes should be set is. And I really want to propose this idea, this last one, and this this kind of hunger is, is where it all kind of changes. Because we have boredom hunger, we have hangry hunger, but then we have intentional hunger. Are there any meal preppers in the room? Those are the real saints, not the non-social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Uh, you, ever, you ever met somebody who meal preps? Like every meal, they're like always, yeah? Some of you are like, no, we hit that drive-thru every day. Okay, now... With intentional hunger, I have I have a girlfriend who we will hang out throughout the week or whatever. And on Sundays, if she comes over to my house, it's normally about five o'clock, and she's like, "Okay, I gotta go home," and I'm like, "You have to go home. Where are you going? I have to grocery shop and meal prep for the week and all this stuff." And we laugh and joke, like, "Okay, girl." But then on Tuesday morning, when I have to pull all my dishes out and cook, you know who's sitting down and enjoying her meal? My friend. <laughs> Now, I think it's silly in the, in the off chance when we're all hanging out, but she was willing to sacrifice some time to be prepared for what was coming this week. Yep. And, and intentional hunger is, no, is knows I will be hungry soon. I know that I'm going to have to prepare for this longing in my soul. I know that being around my coworkers all day is going to deplete me. So the first thing I should open when I leave is probably not my social media app. I should probably open my Bible app. I should probably get on the phone with a real human being. I should probably engage in real community because that's what it is, is we find ourselves in this place where you can choose. You know you will be hungry, right? You woke up today knowing at some point you will be hungry for food. The question is not will you eat, it's what will you eat? What will you be feeding yourself? In this intentional hunger, it's this feasting on what you know you need. So I went through a time where on social media I was dealing with a lot of comparison. It was in my early young adult years, still very young, <laughs> in my early young adult years and, and I um, found myself scrolling and like in this hole of comparison and I was getting frustrated and I was getting irritated and I was wondering where it was all coming from and I did this thing called curating my timeline, teach you a little bit on actual social media. So curating your timeline means you choose what's on there. So let's equate this to what we're talking about. You choose what's on your plate. You choose what you get to be fed. So I had to unfriend some people. It's 2023. You can unfriend some people if their posts are damaging to your thinking process. No one is worth that cost on that page. No one. And if somebody wants to have a real conversation outside of it on why, then let's have that. But I'm not going to sit here and jump on and see this miserable stuff every time. No, we're not doing that. I give you permission, okay? Unfriend them. (laughs) Okay, you can unfriend them. I had to unfriend some people, but I had to unfollow, like, a lot of, like, fashion bloggers and, like, celebrities and workout pages. Because workout pages are good if they're actually getting you to work out. But if you're just looking and comparing and beating yourself up for not looking like that, it's probably not good for you. Okay? I had to curate and carve out what I actually wanted to see. Like, I, I unfollowed people that didn't look like me that were fashion bloggers because I'm going to dress like you, but I'm not going to look like you. And I just found myself really insecure when I would try on outfits that I saw on Instagram on these girls that looked different than me and then they didn't look like that. And I I was just in this like cycle where I got on and I, I used to follow these like super hyper organization pages. And now my horse's house is somewhat organized, but it's not like Marie Kondo. Is that her name? It's not like that. It's like where they, you know, have all the boxes and containers and there's a container inside the container that has a container inside there. Yeah, my house doesn't look like that. So I was getting, I was like feeling like, man, I don't take care of my house. And so there were things that I had to just get rid of. But then I also supplemented them with the things I knew I wanted. Lisa Turker, she says, the mind feasts on what it focuses on. What consumes my thinking will be the making or breaking of my identity. What I am constantly scrolling through, will, I will start to look like that. I will start to sound like that, or I will start to compare like that. A lot of people say, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I like to say, show me your feed, and I will show you your future. Show me what your timeline looks like, because your mind will keep feasting on those things. Your mind will keep eating those things. Your mind will be consumed by those things. Now, what is on your feed is the sum of what you spend the most time looking at. So on TikTok, it's called a For You page. It's the page that when you first get on, you can just scroll on there. It literally never ends. So you could be on there multiple days and it will never end. Now, if I spend all day today looking at cooking videos and I've never looked at them before, the For You page, I'm going to give you a complicated word. It's called the algorithm. That that science behind it, what it will present to me tomorrow is a bunch of cooking videos because it knows yesterday that's what got my attention. So to keep my attention today, it will reserve me what it served me yesterday, okay? So when I look at your timeline, I will see what you have already committed your time to, what you have already engaged with, what, you have, what has already taken your attention. That's why Le- what Lisa is saying in this quote is whatever you focus your mind on will keep repopulating in your everyday. It will keep posting, and oftentimes in today's world, we are spending more company and more time with our social media apps than real human beings. I'm not saying that that is bad. I am saying we just have to be mindful of what it is that we're consuming. If you're an introvert and you don't like being around people, that's okay. But my goodness, don't doom scroll and be like depressed watching all the news videos that are making you stressed and stay up all night. Let's change what's actually being consumed. First Corinthians 15, 33, it says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And if we keep more company with our phones, we have to evaluate what kind of company we're keeping. I I, I know that I spent some time when I was following, I was following like preachers and pastors and encouraged, like just inspiring different stuff. And it was like an instant change. Like when I finally took all the stuff out that was distracting me and I was like, man, this is going in the direction that I want to go. Like I, when I started to look for recipes and I would get rid of all the yummy fast food places in LA that I would follow, and I actually started following real holistic food. It like inspired me to start cooking real holistic food because there was this reality that whatever I was feasting on started to become what I looked like. And and I know that, that this is a challenging thought because we are in a day and age where it's do whatever, feel whatever, have whatever, but if we don't evaluate the repercussions of those things, our minds start to look different, we start to talk different, you ever just felt like really lethargic at the end of the day and then you look at your screen time and it was like you're on your phone for eight hours? It's like, of course, you don't want to get up and cook or work out or be around people. Like your eyes have been so focused on this thing that like psychologically they talk about the repercussions of that and what that does to our brains and what that does to our minds. Like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, they're not free. They cost you something. They cost you this false idea of what life is. They cost you your time. They cost you your treasure. They cost you your focus. They cost you all the dreams and aspirations that you have that you want to do but you can't do because you can't get your eyes off your phone. It costs that. Like some of us have some real honest goals and intentions in this life. You have something that's been placed on your mind and etched in your heart but you can't find, you can't seem to get to it. And it's like, I I tried to tell myself the lie that I don't have time. And then I looked at my screen time, and that was otherwise. John Piper likes to say this, that at the end of time, Twitter and Instagram will be used to prove that we actually had time for prayer. That we really did. We had time for community. We had time for that dream. We had time for that Sunday morning service. We had time for that friendship. We had time to build that relationship. We had time to heal. We had time to grieve. You actually had time to do all the things your soul needs. But because we used it on this fleeting, artificial idea, we lost the thing that was actually set on our heart. Friends, it's not a question of if you're hungry or if you're even eating. I just have to ask you this morning with an urgency in my heart, what are you feeding your soul? What is it? Because I I truly believe, and I didn't even say this last service, that some of you in the room have an assignment, but you also have an addiction to the screen. There are songs in some of your hearts, worship songs that are, ought to be written. There are assignments. There are dreams. There are businesses. There are healing processes that are waiting for you but there is something that just keeps you glued to that because it helps you disassociate helps you numb your mind I don't know about you but like at the end of the night sometimes I'll just scroll until I'm tired because it makes me sleepy and it's the last thing on my mind and then I get up and you know what I did would open right on Facebook right on Instagram it's the first thing intentional hunger does not mean you're gonna not eat It means you're going to choose what you eat. It means there's going to be boundaries. There's going to be stipulations. If my husband is sitting in front of me after a long day of him being gone, you know what I felt convicted this week? Don't pick up your phone, Randy. You haven't seen your husband all day. And he's finally sitting across the table, and we have a meal, and there I am. And he's hungry for conversation, and I'm hungry for security, and neither of us can give us those things because we're just hiding behind our phone. There just has to be some sort of intention with our screens and what consumes our time. And I, again, I think it's great. I think it can be used in amazing ways, but never at the expense of the, of the thing that our, our souls are actually hungering for. And I, I just want to challenge you this morning, and maybe you've been in a season or a funk or whatever you want to call it, where you have genuinely wanted to open your Bible. You've genuinely wanted to get into church. You've wanted to be around people. You've wanted to be in prayer. But there's just no hunger there. That possibly, like maybe, just maybe, you have attempted to satisfy those cravings with artificial versions. And I just want to close with you this morning on that idea that there is nothing like the real thing. There's literally nothing like it. And, and and there's a shift that happens when your appetite changes. When you start to eat the real thing for an extended period of time, you stop craving the artificial stuff. You stop craving to be viewed a certain way, You stop craving to look like your life is together. You stop craving the need to look like your life is perfect. You stop craving validation when you get on and put a post up. You stop craving to defend yourself on social media. The craving goes away. When I eat real nutrient-dense food for a long enough time, I stop wanting the hyper-processed stuff. That's what filters are. That's what editing apps are. They are the altered version of what we want to present to the world. And and I felt this in this last month. I have have been a social media scroller for a long time. And I felt that this, this week as I was like diving head first into all of these thoughts and this context of scripture and even the idea of company and how social media is my company and how I've kept that over keeping it with real people. And I just felt this deep challenge in my soul to really create some real boundaries i've told god before i don't have time to pray i've told him before i don't have time to uh, open my bible i don't have time for my family i don't have time for this and i can't believe that lie of the enemy anymore because i do it's just a question of where it's going i i want to rebuild my appetite Imagine a room full of people who have rebuilt their appetite for the real thing. Imagine how different we could be if our eyes finally got unglued from our screen and that was used as a tool instead of a master. How different we would be, how, more, how much more engaged we'd be with the actual human beings in front of us. There is this craving in all of us. We all long for some sort of significance and purpose. We all long to be understood at some point in our life. We long to be secure, to have some sort of security. We long for a belonging with, even if it's one person, you long for it. And there is a desperation in all of us for some sort of true, genuine love. And I promise you, it will not be found on social media. It might be aided. There might be people that celebrate your wins, which is amazing. But that even does not last. I have felt the need to laugh. And so what do I do? I need joy. So I go on TikTok. I I need to be encouraged. So I post on Facebook. And I have this hunger that doesn't seem to be satisfied. Even after hours of scrolling. Because I just keep wanna, I keep wanting to scroll. And it's this. This hunger, I don't know about you, but you you ever been on a really good healthy kick and then you eat something and it tastes good for a second, but you're hungry like five minutes later? That's social media. Trying to supplement what your soul needs. Trying to supplement the desires deep in your soul for love and belonging. We're trying to supplement it. And as I was studying this week, I couldn't help but think of the references of food that Jesus even made. He talked about it. He says in John 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The real thing. He, he's not talking about the bread that you and I eat now with starches and glutens and all this stuff in there and this process. He's talking about flour and yeast and water. The real stuff. The pure the pure version. Not me. I'm not pure. You're not pure and perfect. Sorry if you didn't know that. I don't mean to break it to you. But he, this is the real thing. And I think we've all searched long and hard enough. We have all been fulfilled in different ways, but I, I just want to bring to you this idea that all the other stuff can be snacks and add-ons, but there has to be a real nutrients-dense thing for our soul to consume on a regular basis. If you know you're going to be hungry today, can I challenge you to adjust just a little bit? If you have a dream and a vision that God has placed on your heart, can I challenge you to adjust just slightly consume maybe a little bit more of that real thing, just give it a shot. Because my Instagram pastor and my Facebook evangelist can only take me so far. Even the good content can only take me so far. There is this need for something real in all of us. And I just want to challenge you this morning, if it's just a slight adjustment, he will applaud your effort not your excellence. The real living bread that says we're not going to hunger again. Can I tell you that the more I've started to consume him on a regular basis instead of all the other junk that I was consuming, I I stopped craving the other things. I just stopped wanting it. it. Like I found myself on Instagram like maybe two or three times this week and I didn't even really care for it. And again, we're not telling you to dispose of all of this stuff. We're just challenging that maybe there's a more balanced way of living this life. And, and it can't supplement for the truest of the things, which is Jesus. And I, I'm just, I'm really believing this morning that he's speaking to some of you on whatever it is that has been hooking your attention. For some of you, it's Netflix social media like we've talked about for some of us grief has consumed you for some of you a dysfunctional relationship has taken your face you can't even pray anymore you can't even open your Bible anymore you're just tired forget being around people some of us in the room have gotten so tied up in making sure our lives look perfect with the bow on it that when we get off the screen our lives are actually chaos and there is the table has been set for you with the living bread will you eat of it today will you intentionally plan try just a few days this week see what you can get done see what relationships might flourish see what dreams might come to pass see what fulfillment might be waiting for you on the other side